This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. And we are discussing a very important Gemara regarding the importance of answering and saying Amen. Amen. And it starts off with an interesting halacha, and that is when a person makes a bracha for Hamotzi, for everyone. Right? So there's a party, and one guy makes Hamotzi for everyone. And when can he start eating and breaking the bread? That's the question. When can he start breaking the bread and eating from it? So the Gemara says over here, the person who breaks the bread, he's not allowed to break the bread. He said Hamotzi, but he's not allowed to break the bread. Until he hears Amen from all the people. So he's got to wait for them to answer Amen on his bracha before he can break the bread. So let's just recap. So what happens? You go to a party and there's, they say, listen, so-and-so you get honored with saying the Hamotzi. So he gets honored with the saying Hamotzi and you're allowed for one person to say Hamotzi for everyone. Why? Because Barov Am Hadrat Melech, the more people involved in a mitzvah, the bigger the honor to God, the king. Right? So since they're all doing one mitzvah of saying Hamotzi, he's saying it for them. They have to answer Amen to be Yotze his bracha. When, when someone answers Amen on someone else's bracha, they can fulfill the obligation. It's as if they said the bracha. So they don't have to say Hamotzi on their own bread. They don't have to say Hamotzi on his bread. Because if they hear Hamotzi and they answer Amen, and he has intentions for them, and they have intentions for him, it's considered as if they said it. This is called the general rule called Shomer Keone. A person who listens is like he's answering, saying, he's talking. So we, we fulfill our, our obligations uh, through through this uh, patent uh, on many different occasions, like for example on Purim. The obligation is to read your Megillah. How do you read the Megillah? You listen to someone else reading it, and by listening, it's as if you're saying it. Okay, same thing over here. By listening to the brach of Hamotzi, it's like you said Hamotzi. And therefore you can eat the bread as long as you say Amen. Okay, so the question is, when can he break the bread? And the answer is, until everyone says Amen. He's got to wait for them to say Amen, and then he can break the bread. So, Rabbi Chista says, he doesn't have to wait for everyone to say Amen. The majority of people have to say Amen, and then he can break the bread. So it's not everyone saying Amen. You know, you always have people at different speeds. Some people say Amen fast, some people say Amen slow, some people say Amen uh, medium. So you go by the majority. So you look around you, most people said Amen, start breaking the bread. You don't have to wait for every single person to finish the Amen. That's Rabbi Chista. The first opinion says you've got to wait for everyone to finish it. Say Amen. The second opinion says, Rav Chisna says, no. Pirov Haonim, you have to wait for the majority of people to say Amen. So here there's a very famous Rashi. And Rashi says, why do you have to wait for them to say Amen? So Rashi says, because the Amen is part of the bracha. Which is very interesting. That means, what does that mean? That means, if they don't say Amen, my bracha is not complete. Since I'm saying the bracha for them, and they're sealing the bracha with their amen. Their amen is part of my bracha. Okay. So that's what the uh, that's what how Rashi explains this command. So the amen is part of the bracha, and therefore he's got to wait before he breaks the bread. He's got to wait for them to finish the, the amen. The amen finishes off his bracha. The Primigadim says, since the majority of people say amen, yachol imam. He can also say Amen. Because when they say Amen, they're finishing off his bracha. Once they finish off his bracha, he can also say Amen to their Amen. He says Amen to their Amen? 
Yeah, we don't follow that opinion, but there's an opinion that says, since the Amen is finishing off his bracha, he can now say Amen after the Amen. Huh. Like they're finishing off his bracha, so he's saying Amen after they're finishing off his bracha. Confusion. Okay, we don't follow that opinion. We don't follow that opinion. But, but we do say, Ramah says, that you have to have in mind, it's good to have in mind, when they say Amen, to fill your obligation to say Amen. Have it in mind? Yeah. And so when they say Amen, have in mind, that their amen is fulfilling your obligation to answer amen after them. According to, uh, so meaning, right? I have to keep in mind that. I so they have to have a no, well, Let's go. Let's go through this. So you make you make hamotzi. He's making hamotzi for everyone. So he has to have in mind. I'm ha- I'm saying hamotzi for everyone. Okay. They have to have in mind that the hamotzi of yours covers them for their bread as well. And they say amen. And they say amen. And when they say amen, you should have in mind that their amen is covering your amen as well. Your obligation to say amen after their amen. This way you don't have to say Amen again. You don't say Amen. Because you have in mind, their Amen is going to cover you. And they should have in mind that their Amen is going to cover you. Most people don't know this. It's because they don't come to class. So most people don't know that when they say Amen, they're actually saying Amen, according to this opinion, for the person who's saying the bracha. If they don't say Amen, they're not Yotze Hamotzi? Right. They should answer Amen. They have to answer Amen to be Yotze the bracha. According to Rashi? No. According to everyone. According to Rashi, their Amen is the end of your bracha. Which means your bracha is not over. So because Rashi asks, why do you have to wait for them to say amen to, until you break the bread? And the answer, he says, is because your, their amen is the end of your bracha. But the next opinion, which the Prima Gadim, he says, the, their amen is really the end of your bracha, and therefore you have to answer amen after their amen. We don't go that far. We just say, have in mind, their amen is going to cover your obligation to say amen as well. Okay. That's it. That's the bottom line. Bottom line is, when they say Amen, you should have in mind, they say Amen for you as well. And they should also have in mind, they say Amen for you. That's according to one opinion, the Prima Gedi. Okay, let's continue with different opinions. It's not in the Gemara. So, so Trumatization says, you have to say Amen after their Amen, and that's not considered an orphan Amen, which we're going to talk about an orphan Amen. Because their Amen is part of your bracha, and therefore you, when you say Amen after their Amen, it's not considered an orphan Amen. Okay. So those who say Amen should say Amen also have in mind say Amen for the person saying the brach as well. Okay. Rav Chista says, En kabarar b'rita shichlem pikoraunim Rav Chista says, it's enough for the Amen people, majority of people say Amen. You don't have to wait for those who take a long time to say Amen. The majority of people say Amen, you can break the bread. You don't have to wait for everyone to say Amen. Amale Rami Barchama Rav Chista Rami Barchama said to Rav Chista Why do you have to wait for the majority? Right? Why, why do you have to wait for the majority? Wait for everyone! Well, why do you have to wait only the majority? Wait for everyone to finish Amen. And since the majority only answered Amen there's still a few people who did not answer Amen your bracha didn't finish yet. Because when is the end of the bracha? When they say Amen. Only a majority said Amen, not everyone. So your bracha didn't finish yet. How can you start breaking the bread? You should wait for everyone to finish the bracha. If there's still a few people that don't answer Amen, your bracha did not finish yet. Rabbi says, I hold, Rabbi says, Whoever says a very long Amen is making a mistake. So, how come most majority of people finished and the other didn't, didn't finish? Because they're either saying a very long Amen or they're saying Amen too late. Right, which is called an orphan amen. They're going to say amen. So they're waiting for him. He finished. 
two minutes later, they say, Amen. Because, you know, some people are slow, so it's too late. So therefore, he says, I don't wait for everyone to finish. The majority finished, that's the right speed to say Amen. So there's two issues over here. Number one is saying, to say Amen, don't drag out the Amen. Like there's a song, Amen, Amen, right? So they drag it out, Amen. Because it says, I don't wait for these people to drag out the Amen. Because they think I've been wrong. That's number one explanation. Number two is, the guys who are not saying Amen straight after the bracha, they messed up the whole Amen. I'm not going to wait for them. So therefore, I follow the majority. Majority said Amen, that's the right speed. So if I, I start breaking the bread after the majority said Amen. So now we're coming to all the different laws of Amen. So number one, we said, if Amen is a very long Amen, then, Rochista says, no good, we're going to talk about it. Or if Amen is too late, also no good, we're going to talk about that as well. So now we come to the laws of Amen. So a person answers a very long Amen, it's not a good idea. Tosso says also. Why? Because Tosso says, because the meaning changes when you drag a word out. So, like I say, really. It's very sarcastic, it's not. The meaning changes when you lengthen the word. Either being sarcastic or you have some emphasis in the wrong place, and therefore the meaning can change. You know, that's not your intention? Yeah, even if it's your intention. Because the words are depending on the person who understands them. You're trying to communicate. So if some people... You communicate the wrong way. It's wrong. If some people say, Umein, or Umein. Okay, it's the same thing? Or if they, if they agree this Umein is Amein. I mean, they're not saying Umein. We're going to see the Mishnah Bura says not to say Umein. Umein. Come, come to it. It's wrong. But amongst themselves, they agree that Umein is There's two Ameins. One is Fari, one is Ashkenazi. What is the Shulchan one is Amen, which is the Sephardi, and one is Omen, which is Ashkenaz. Omen is, okay. Which is how you pronounce a Kamatz. Is it because the Kamatz is like a T, right? Underneath the Aleph, there's a Kamatz, which is like a T. How you pronounce it? The Sephardi say Ah, it's a long Ah, as I talked about it before. And Ashkenaz says O. Omen. A long O. Omen. Is there a different Omen for the Ladino speaker? Yeah, with the Ladino speaker. Amen. Yeah. Ah, man, it's a kamatz. Kamatz is long ah. I talked about it before, that's why you say it's Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat. Not bad, that's that's serious. Syrians overemphasize the ah. So Syrians do something. They overemphasize the ah. Those who know will not. I had had the the top uh, Syrian dikduk. He was in very, he was an older rabbi, Rabbi Masri. He was the expert in Syrian tradition. He says, wrong, Shabbat. It's, It's wrong? It's wrong, it's wrong. Shabbat, not Shabbat. They made it extra because they wanted to pronounce the Kamatz properly. Instead of pronouncing it properly, they could pronounce it wrong. It's ah. It's not ah. Okay? It's ah. Shabbat. Okay? Still sounds off. <laughs> Shabbat? No, that's, that's the proper way. That's the way it should be. It's that, not Shabbat. It's that's, Shabbat. That, that's a Spanish. Why? Because the first syllable is Shah. It's with a. Patah. Patah. The second syllable is a Kamatz. Kamatz is longer than Patah. So if you say it in both Iliqui, you make a mistake. Shabbat. Shabbat. A little bit longer. A little bit longer. Slightly longer. So they wanted to make it extra special to pronounce the Kamats, but it's wrong. It's one way to pronounce Kamats. Anyway. So same thing with Amen. Amen, it's a long syllable. Amen. Right? So the first syllable is with a Kamats, Ah. So Amen. Amen. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to go into details. 
But if you lengthen it out too much, it loses meaning. That's what we're saying. So therefore, Ochista says, I don't wait for the guys who take too long. They just messed up the whole meaning of the Amen. And therefore, I don't wait for them. They make a mistake. So now we come to the main laws of saying Amen. En onin Amen hatufa. Don't say Amen, which is snatched. Lachtof is the snatch. Don't say Amen, which is snatched. What do you mean? How is that Amen snatched? Well, can I ask a question? Okay. Is, is there a difference when the, the Gemara says, like, Enuela Toa, um, toa, enuela, um, toa versus, like, Asur? I mean, it's a mistake, a mistake. Yeah. It's a mistake, which maybe Bidiavad is valid. Oh, okay. That's what he's saying. Yeah. He's making a mistake. I don't, it doesn't say it's invalid. Mm. He's making a mistake. He's lengthening it, and it could have an effect of changing the meaning. Okay. That's what I mean. Sorry, sorry. So he's a mistake. He's making a mistake. It doesn't say he's wrong. It doesn't say. That's Ari's question. Why does it say it's an invalid? It may not be invalid. It may be Amen, which people could understand. But he's making a mistake by, by misleading people. He may, could be misleading people. Okay, so so the first case is Amen Khatufa. What's an Amen Khatufa? A snatched Amen. Cut off or snatched? Snatched. What do you mean by snatched? So I just want to give you different explanations over here. So Rashi says... It's snatched because he's not pronouncing the Aleph properly. Okay, he's not pronouncing the Aleph properly. And he's pronouncing the Aleph with a, uh, with a Patach Chatufa. Chatef uh, Patach. What's a Chatef Patach? A very short A. Amen. He's, he's snatching, he's shortening the Aleph. To, so most people, a lot of people say, Amen. Where is the Aleph? Amen. It's missing the aleph. It's not amen. That does not count as. It's a right. It's a snatched amen. It's an amen. It's a very snatched amen. It's a very quick amen because the first syllable is not pronounceable. He's not pronouncing the first syllable properly. And if somebody swallows a and just says man or something. Like no, that, that's even worse. That's, that's the worst. worst. That's the worst. Interesting how these issues are always there. You know, like when I was bringing it up, like yeah, usually we assume like pronunciation in our days is like something that it's totally different. Today. Been, it's been messed the up. The Israeli yeah. pronunciation is not the proper yeah. pronunciation. They took parts of this and parts of that and they cooked it. They cooked the books. Yeah. So it's not Sephardi. It's not Ashkenazi. It's 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 a It's a It's a Why? Because you can't <laughs> satisfy both camps. Yeah. They wanted. They wanted to satisfy both camps. The idea. They want to make. Ashkenaz, they didn't pronounce that, but they make the pronunciation is why because they don't pronounce the the nikudot, mm-hmm. the uh, vowels are not pronounced properly, so they don't make a distinction between the kamats which is long and the patah which is short. Rabbi, we don't um, say like the ayin's ayin like we should, we should, we should, oh, we should, we should. But that modern Hebrew doesn't. E- even uh, this, when you're davening, it, uh, you should try your best. Shukran like, says you can't be a chazan unless you pronounce it properly. But we say uh, Shabbat instead of Shabbat. We should say Shabbat. Mm. You're right. But again, that's different customs. Mm. Different customs. Syrians don't make a th sound. Mm. The Iraqis did make a th sound. If it's no dagesh, they're tough. Mm. But if you got to go to the time to dove in the mouth, they. they I don't know what they did in dove in the mouth time. Don't ask me. I have no idea what they did. If we, had, if we knew exactly what they did, then why would we change it? We don't know. There's a big discussion which one is the most accurate hmm. pronunciation. So there was a famous rabbi, his name is Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Rabbi Yaakov Emden was a very big Ashkenazi rabbi. And he wrote a book called Xia. And over there he writes, he said, I did research into different pronunciations. 
three pronunciations, Ashkenaz, Sephardi, and Yemenite. So he says his thesis is like this. Every letter has to be different from every other letter. If one letter sounds like the other letter, it's a mistake. So a Samach and a Saf sound the same, it's a mistake. The second thesis he has is, a letter with a Dagesh must be different from a letter without a Dagesh. Dagesh is a dot inside. So if it sounds the same, mistake. So he said, therefore he, therefore he says, the more accurate pronunciation is far pronunciation. That's, that was his conclusion. He's Ashkenaz. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he kept his tradition. Mm-hmm. But he said, uh, the more accurate. Although there were rabbis who did change. Mm-hmm. For example, the Rebbe of the Khatam Sufer, from Nassan Adler, apparently changed his uh, pronunciation, changed his prayer book for the Arizal, and he changed the pronunciation because he said that's the more accurate pronunciation. So again, so that's the big discussion. So, for example, your, your, your point was well taken. A tough. You got a tough with a dagesh, a tough without a dagesh. What's the, what's the difference between a tough? So usually a letter without a dagesh is a soft letter. A letter with a dagesh is a hard letter. So how does a tough without a dagesh, that's why Ashkenaz said made a soft without a dagesh, and tough with a dagesh. They also say Torah. Why did it say Torah? It should be Seira. Why is it Taira? It has a dagesh in it. I heard somebody say Kassan. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, because <laughs> that's they get confused. Yeah, get confused. Know, anyway, so let's just go back. So the Torah starts with a letter tough with a dagesh, and therefore it's hard. So tough without a dagesh is soft. So <laughs> the trouble is, once you say sir, it's the same as a samach. Yeah. Then it's, so wrong. it's confusing. That's, that's wrong. So, that's, uh, so therefore, what, do, what does Farden do? It's tough and thaf. There's a tsh. My father used to say emeth. So, uh, I like it. So again, with a dalit, is a dalit uh, with a dagesh dalit with a How do you make a dagesh that's soft? It's like tefillin. It's the same thing. No, it's tefillin. Why is it dagesh? It's a dagesh on a tough. You never say tefillin. Even Ashkenaz don't say tefillin. <laughs> Why is it dagesh on a tough? Whenever dagesh on a tough is tough. I've heard tough. As I say, tefillin. Mistake. It's a terrible mistake. Well, no. Is there ever a tough in the beginning of a word without a dagesh? I don't know. Tell me. Usually, tough with a big letter, a word which has a dagesh, it's hard. Otherwise, it'd be sufilin. No one says sufilin. If they did, they'd make a mistake. Make a mistake. Okay, so uh, that's the question. That's the question. What is the difference between letter with a dagesh and letter? So, gimel, for example. A gimel without a dagesh, Svarim say r. Although you won't hear it today. The Yemenites say j. Oh boy. When I first heard it, I got, fell off my chair. Very peri ha Joffin. What are you saying? Joffin? Never heard that before. First time in my Yemen? life. Because yeah, yeah. the difference between a, a gimel with a dagesh and without a without a dagesh is soft. Ashkenaz mm. doesn't make a difference. Go is go. Go is go. That's why you say ge, and uh, Yemenites say j. Without a dagesh. Without a dagesh. But j seems harder than go. No, it's j. It's soft. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, agree so anyway, so that's interesting. Out. It's interesting the general rules. That's that yeah, the, yeah. the thesis is very interesting. It's a very brilliant thesis that every letter has to be different. Letter with the dagesh has to be different. Letter with the dagesh. That's, that's uh, who? Which Yaakov Emden, very famous. He was the son of Hacham Tzvi. Hacham Tzvi was the Sephardic uh, Ashkenazi rabbi of Amsterdam, and Amsterdam was mainly a Sephardic place. So the Sephardim called it Hacham. The only time you find a uh, Ashkenazi Hacham rabbi called Hacham. Hacham. Usually they call themselves uh, Gaon, Rabbi, right. Rabbeinu, yeah. but they don't say Hacham. Only Sfarim say Hacham. 
They called Hacham Svi the Hacham because the Sephardim called him the Hacham of Amsterdam. He was the Ashkenazi rabbi of Amsterdam. So his son was Hacham Svi. His son was Rabbi Yaakov Emden, who was also called the Yabetz. Yaakov Emden Ben Svi. Hmm. Yabetz. He's known as the Yabetz. So since he lived in Amsterdam, he was very interested in the Sephardic customs. Very interesting. Hmm. So he wrote a book, How Sephardim Write the Torah, which that's the one based on also. Hmm. The print of the Sephardim is based on an Ashkenazi uh, <laughs> rabbi who wrote down how Sephardim write. <laughs> and the other way around. And the other way around. And the Ashkenazi version is based on the Beit Yosef, which is the Sephardim of Yasef Karo. It's very, very, very interesting. Huh? We're all one. Yeah, so it's interesting. The Sephardim wrote about the Ashkenazi custom, and the Ashkenazi wrote about the Sephardim custom. It, was, it was like interesting for them to see how the other yeah. side... It's interesting. Shalom. So he also wrote about the pronunciation. Very, very brilliant. Rav Yaakov Ebenim was brilliant. brilliant. The Yabits. Very famous Yabits. Is there any poetry that rhymes that gives a hint on, on how it used oh, to be? Yes, exactly, exactly <laughs> a point. Which one? Famous, famous. Enkadahenu. Tzur Mishra. How does it go? Baruchu Emunai. Baruchu Emunai. So I should say Adonoi. Yeah. So it doesn't rhyme. Emunai. And it should be Adonai. No, that always doesn't rhyme. Yeah. So that's proof that. <laughs> but who wrote it? Yeah. That's the thing. Who wrote it? Yeah. So it's funny wrote it. Huh? When is it from? Usually for, uh, yeah, yeah, before yeah. Ashabat, before Brikhan Amazon. But, um, yeah, that article. Even Ashabat doesn't sing it. Yeah, but they sing it, but it doesn't rhyme. But then. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. It could be way before. Yeah. Also, some of the. Must be a Sephardic composition. Also, there's like proof of some of the. Ashabat doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Some huh? of the seafloats, I think, are also... Yeah, those. yeah. But again, who wrote it? Yeah. It's very, very old. Yeah. It's very, very old. And if you say Ashkenazi, well, it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> so that's the proof. Okay. So Mishnah. Baruch Hu Emunai. Chanu Zavanu. Berkat Hashem. Depends how you pronounce God's name. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's the same issue with God's name, because it ends up with a kamatz. Mm. Nai. Yeah. It should be Ado Nai, not Ad Nai. Boy. So Nai. Okay. So Tan Rabbanam, we learned in the brighter. You're not allowed to answer an Amen which is snatched. What do you mean snatch? Rashi says the Aleph is very short. They don't pronounce it with a Kamatz. A kamatz. So you see, Rashi knew the Dikduk. Rashi is very big in Dikduk. All the grammar. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, you could write a book about Rashi's Dikduk. I have a book actually which explains the, the rules of Dikduk on Rashi in Rashi. Wow. So, as you can't understand, unless you're an expert yeah. in grammar. Old French. Right. No, yes, no, and old French as well, but, uh, the, but the grammar of the Hebrew is very, very particular to grammar. Yeah. It's, he knew grammar backwards and forwards. Right. And he had different names for the Vinyanim, I think. Yeah. So, Rashi says, don't answer with a, with a, with a, with a, with a patach chatufa. He calls it a chatufa. A snatched patach. Ah. Amen. Don't say Amen. That's a snatch. Amen. You gotta pronounce it with a kamatz. Amen. Amen. Wait, what are the vowels? On the, is, the olive has a kamatz and then has kamatz. a. What is it? Has a tzere. Oh, tzere. So again, how do you pronounce the tzere? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we say tzere is a. I'm sure I say tzere is a. There's no a in Sorry, I'm sorry. Amen. It's not amen. It's amen. Hmm. The difference between a tzere and a, right tzere is two dots and a kamatz. Is, is a T and a Segol is three dots. Yeah, that's, that's what you say. But Sephardim, it's always A. 
It's just a question of long air or short air. Um, a segol is a long air, and a, and a tzere is a short air. So amen. It's a long ah and a short air. If you say if it's a segol, then it's amen, amen. But it's not main, main. There's no A. There's no A sound. The only time there's an A sound for Sephardim is when it's followed by Yud. If the Segel is followed by Yud, then it becomes A. So every time it becomes A. But what's an example of a word that wants A? Um, Anything with Yud? Uh, give me an example. A? Uh, what is an A? Uh, there's a segol followed by, or a segol or a tzere oh, followed uh, by yud. Yeah. Well, that's followed <coughs> in geffen or geffen. Oh, no, no, followed by yud. Oh, followed by a segol. Wait, what are you looking for? Segol followed by yud or a, or a tzere followed by yud. Ein. Uh, Ein. Ein. Oh. That becomes an A sound. Or it should be N. It's a tzere or, or segol is always A. But if followed by yud, it becomes A. So I shouldn't say any older time it's A. That's why we say it's only followed by you to say. Sheeno, mm-hmm. right here. Okay. En onin. En. Why is it en? It should be en. It's never a. Well, it's followed by you with a. En. Okay. So when it says en onin, you don't answer. Amen. Chatufa. Here we are. But it's not amen. It's amen. Right. There's no a sound unless it's followed by you. Anyway, so what is Amen Khatufa? Rashi says, he pronounced the A very quickly. Amen. Amen. Very quickly. He doesn't pronounce with a Kamat, he pronounces with a. With a. Patach. Patach. Very good. So Patach is short, Kamat is long. Just like Shabbat. Shah is short and Ba is long. Shabbat. We're Memzain Amadaraf, halfway through the page. So we're talking about uh, Amen Khatufa. And now I just want to go through the Shukhan Aruch, because he gives you a couple of examples of Amen Khatufa. So Rashi just says, he pronounces the Ah very quickly. Ah, Amen. Sometimes he, miss, he misses the Ah completely. Men, it's worse, that's the worst. Of it. He missed out the Ah completely. You hear people say, Amen. But amen, it's going to be a long Ah. Amen Khatufa, Rashi, that's Shukhan Aruch. Tainu kilu ha'alaf nikuda b'chatuf. So exactly Rashi. This is Rashi's opinion. The Shukran says the first opinion is like Rashi, that the Aleph is an is a quick ah. It's a snatched ah. Amen. Amen. Very good. Now comes the second opinion. The second opinion is don't snatch it. What do you mean don't snatch it? Don't say the Amen before the guy finishes his bracha. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you see that? It's very common. Because you anticipated him to end and he didn't end. She said amen before he ended. That's a, that's a snatched amen. Do these same laws apply to Kaddish? Yeah, of course. It's so, difficult to... Huh? Yeah, it's hard to gauge sometimes. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you know, your mind works fast. You think he's going to yeah. finish now, but he's dragging out the last There's word. There's two people saying it and... Uh, oh, the Kaddish. That's the Kaddish. So the halakha is you answer the first one. Hmm. You don't have to wait for the second one. It's a very short distance. Shulner. But with a very short distance, then, you know, they, they should be synchronized. Because if you delay answering, then it's like you didn't answer. You're, you're caught. It's a catch-22. Mm-hmm. If you answer the first one, you didn't answer the second one. Unless they're within three seconds of each other. Then you should wait. 
And that's actually the case, right? Where the Chazan should say, I mean, right? At, Which one? The first one or second one? For Gadish? No, it depends who's faster. Oh. Yeah, one saying very. Yeah, yeah, but if he's very, very fast and he's messing up the words, don't say Amen. Some people say, the reason we're through, do, 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 and you yeah. can't even hear the words, and it's uh, yeah. too fast. And therefore, he's not Yotze, you're not Yotze. So you don't say Amen on that. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated Holocaust. It's very, you know, it's very common and very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, let's recap. A very uh, uh, Amen which is snatched. Number one is, he didn't pronounce the Ah of Amen. It's going to be a long Ah. Ah, Amen. Amen. Not Amen. Kamatz. It's going to be Kamatz. Exactly. A long Nuagidola, a long vowel. Second opinion says it shouldn't be snatched. What does that mean? He answers in the middle of the bracha, before the bracha is over. Uh, I guess a haftarah bracha or the or the mm-hmm. very very common, right? Mikadesh Israel Mazmanim or Mikadesh Hashabbat. Who's that? I should have brought him here. Nobody noticed. Let's get a free pizza. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's number two. Not to answer Amen before the guy finishes the bracha. Number three. Now we come to a different category of Amen. Let's go back to the Gemara. The Gemara says, Velo Amen Ketufa. The word Ketufa means plucked. What is a plucked Amen? Let's have a look at the Gemara. And not a plucked amen. What does that mean? It doesn't end off with a, a nun pronounced. It's just amen. He doesn't pronounce the nun. So you don't pronounce the other properly or you don't pronounce the nun property. So a snatched amen, not pronounce the other properly. And a, and a, and a plucked amen, no, a nun. Amen. He doesn't say the nun. It's the same as abbreviated orphan. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says it's plucked. He doesn't pronounce the nun properly. Uh, so the Bach says either way. If missing an Aleph or missing a Nun, it's a plucked Amen. Mm. Or the Aruch says, another explanation, he says he's, he's breaking the Amen into two parts. Ah, uh, uh, stops. Man, mm. that's a plucked Amen. Miri says, he swallowed one of the letters. Either one, all three. An. He missed out the Mem. <laughs> he missed out the Aleph. He missed out the Nun. Either one, they're all plucked. Okay. There's different opinions of what does plucked mean. I just want to go back to the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says, huh? What's the, uh, d- um, the Aramaic word for pluck? It's not Aramaic, it's Hebrew. Ketufa. Miktof. Ketufa. Kuf. But it doesn't just mean plug, it means like slice. You mean like. To slice like, something? Yeah. Lachtoch. That's lachtoch. Oh. Liktof. Ketufa. Ketufa means plucked. Sorry. You pluck fruit. Liktof. That's the word you pluck. How can you pluck an olive? Amen. The answer is, you, I guess you pluck it before it's ripe. You didn't say the whole mm. other. That's what it means. You plucked it early. So the first one is you snatched it. The other one is you plucked it. Interesting language. Shem kriyata nun. So he brings Rashi. The Shukran brings down Rashi. It's, he doesn't say the nun of a man. So he, people can't recognize the nun. And then the Ramah brings down another opinion. Lo yasik mida. You shouldn't make a break in between the am and the nun. A man. Right. Continuous word, it's not a broken word. Ah, man, he makes a broken between. That's, a, that's the Aruch. Aruch. Now we come to the third Amen, which is not allowed. An Amen Yetoma, an orphan Amen. What is an orphan Amen? I see Rashi. He's too weak. 
There's a very famous Rashi over here in Tosfot. Very, very beautiful. So Rashi says, Amen below bracha ki atom lelohorav. Look what he says. An amen without a bracha, it's delayed after the bracha, or you don't hear the bracha. Rashi says, I don't hear the bracha. How can you say amen? We didn't hear the bracha. If you say amen without hearing a bracha, it's like a child without a parent. The bracha is the parent, and the amen is the child. So that's why the child is an orphan. How can the child be an orphan? There's an amen, which is a child without parents. You didn't hear the bracha. So Rashi has a big question over here. Amen below bracha, kiatom de lohora. Amen without a bracha is like an orphan without children. Namiri says a second opinion. That is, it's too late after the bracha. You have the bracha, and three seconds later he said amen. That amen is like hanging in the air. It's not on the bracha, it's too late. So that's an amen, you're it's an orphan amen. So now Rashi asks the question. Katvu Rashi Tosfo. So Rashi Tosfo bring down a famous Gemara and Sukkah, Tafnun Anuf, I would bet. That in Alexandria of Mitzrayim, Alexandria was a big city, still is today, uh-huh. of Egypt. Right? But in those days, it was highly populated by Jews. I think there were a million Jews. Seven hundred thousand, a million, whatever it was. It's this a is, lot of this Jews. This is the heyday of, uh, the heyday of uh, Egypt. And Jews. After the, Egypt. After Pharaoh, after the... <laughs> you mean uh, Rambam's time? No, way before. before that. Way before. Oh, this oh. is uh, the time of the Romans, early Romans. But oh. now this First time, century. But the time of the... The Romans killed them. They destroyed them. Is it time in the first temple? Did they have that, like the one that was like the temple there? No, or? second temple. Oh, that was second, second temple. Second temple. That's what we're talking about. Oh, this is the one. Yeah, this is the heyday. Is the uh, I don't know. It's a temple. This is the big mm. shul they built. Mm. Shul. Flags. Yeah, exactly. That's the question. Exactly the question now over here. So Rashi says one thing. What does Rashi say? Rashi says an orphan amen is where you didn't hear the yeah. bracha. Okay. How can you say amen? You didn't hear the bracha. So his question now is, there was a big synagogue in Alexandria. I don't know how big it was. Massive that you couldn't hear the chazan. So what they do, they used to wave flags. So, when does the bracha end? Blue flag. Everyone has to say amen. Mm. Rashi says, hey, you can't say amen on a bracha. You didn't hear the bracha. Mm. So he has a question for the Gemara. How can the Gemara say they wave a flag? You can't hear the bracha. You don't have to answer amen. It's an orphan amen. Let's see what Rashi says. It also asks the same question. So I just want to tell you what, I just wanted to read it to you. Alexandria Shemit tribe in Alexandria of Egypt, they, was, uh, they would wave flags to know when to answer amen. And it seems like they answered Amen without knowing what the bracha was. They didn't hear the bracha. Because, uh, so, the, so the Rashi answers, they did know which bracha, but they just didn't hear the bracha. Mm. They knew which bracha he's saying, because they counted the Amens. So for example, he, he started a repetition of the Shemona Asrei. Uh, so you know, bracha number one, when they wave the flag, is <laughs> Magen Abraham. Bracha number two is Machayim Bracha number three is Ale Kodosh. They knew which bracha it was. Then he says, that's all. That's not considered the orphan Amen. But if you, can't, you don't know the bracha and you can't hear it, you can't say amen. That's Rashi. That's an orphan amen. Because he had a question from Alexandria. How come they used to say amen when they wave the flag? Mm-hmm. We just said you can't say amen after if you don't hear the bracha. So Rashi says there's two things. Number one is not knowing which bracha it is and not hearing it. That's an orphan amen. But if you know which one it is, you just didn't hear it, no problem. Let's say amen. Okay. Rabbi Yonah. Says, even if a person is obligated to hear bracha, since he knows what they said, he can be yotzel bracha. Imagine you're standing in the kiddush, you can't hear the rabbi saying kiddush, you can't hear the person saying kiddush, but you know what he's saying. According to Rabbi Yonah, you can fulfill your obligation on oh, on wow. being yotzel even, even yeah. if you didn't hear him. Since you answered amen and you knew what he's saying, can you answer amen? 
different flag for different bracha. So they knew what could be. Knew, it could be. I don't know what the I don't know if they had different flags, but mm-hmm. could be. But they right. knew what bracha was. They knew. Being they said. kept attention. It's the first bracha, second bracha. They knew which one it was. They kept. <laughs> they kept count. Even the they didn't hear, they know exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's Rashi. That's how Rashi answers. As long as you know which bracha it is, Rabbi Yehuda goes one step further. He says, yeah. not only are you yotze your amen, you yotze even the bracha, huh. even though you didn't hear the bracha. Since you knew what he was saying, he's holding an apple in his hand. Mm-hmm. You see his lips moving. You know which bracha he's saying. How do you do? Well, he's holding an apple. It must be so somebody, somebody who reads lips technically could be yotze because they didn't hear it or too far away. As long as they know what it is. Yeah. So what does That's it mean? For, for us, it means that. As yeah, long as you know what, he, what he's saying. If you're at the end of the hall, but I didn't hear him say... We're well, we'll But you know what he's saying. You know what exactly what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You can say you can amen. You can say amen. No, definitely you can say amen. That's like, even according to Rashi, you can say amen. The question is, are you yotze the bracha? I didn't hear the bracha. How can I be yotze? Rabbi Yonah says, goes on a limb. He's really extending this. He says, you can even be yotze the bracha. I don't think we follow that opinion. Yeah. It's a big kiddush. Imagine you're standing in the kiddush room. Yeah. You didn't hear the rabbi saying the kiddush, yeah. but everyone said amen. So you say amen as well. Are you also the kiddush? Rabbi Yonah says yes. Yes, sir. Let's see the shukana. Okay. So that's called an amen yatoma. Amen yatoma is. I don't know what he's saying. I can't hear what he's saying. But I know what he's saying. No. No. Amen yatoma is no, both criteria. So people I don't are, know what he's saying, and I can't hear what he's saying. So they're talking about themselves. Somebody said, the rabbi says... Uh, yes, they heard an amen. Can you say amen? And people are talking, and they start say, people say amen. They answer amen. They don't know what was said. They, just they don't know what was said. Exactly. Exactly. Then that's an amen. That's an awful amen according to Rashi. That's an awful amen according to Rashi. Why? Because it's a, it's a child with no parents. The parent is the bracha. I didn't hear the bracha. I don't know what he's saying. So it's like a child without a parent. So let's see what uh, Shukhanah says. Very interesting debate between Shukhanah and the Ramah over here. You're not allowed to answer and offer an amen. The Hainu, so explains. So now Shukhanah limits this to being Yotzea Bracha. You have to make the Bracha. And the, sh- and the, sh- and the Chazan said the Bracha. But I couldn't hear it. Even though I know it's a, what Bracha it is. Since I didn't hear it, I can't answer amen. So let's recap. So according to Shukhanach, if it's not a bracha you need to hear, you can answer amen. It's not amen yotamah. But if it's a bracha which you're meant to hear, to be yotze, like Kiddush, you want to hear it's a bracha and you, do, and you can't hear it, but you know what he said. According to Rashi, no problem. According to Shukhanach, it's an orphan amen. Since you need to be yotze and you didn't hear it, even though you know what he says. You can't answer. Even if your intention is not. How many different? He says any bracha you need to be yotze. If you can't hear it and you answer amen, it's an often amen. So what if your intention was not to be yotze? Then no problem. Then you can answer. That's what he's saying. That's what exactly what he's saying. And then the rabbi comes along. The rabbi comes along. V'yesh machmirim and people are strict. Tafilu eno mechayav to bracha. Even if he doesn't need to answer them, he doesn't have to be yotze that bracha. If he doesn't know which bracha it is. And that's what Rashi says. Rashi says exactly, that's the second opinion. Rashi says, if you don't know which bracha it is, don't answer amen. You can only answer amen even if you don't want to be yotze. Shurah says, only when you want to be yotze. Then you can make a bracha, amen, which is an orphan amen, if you can't hear the bracha. Why would you not want to be yotze? Because it's not a bracha, you need to be yotze. I'm not drinking, I'm not eating, I'm not, it's not Shabbat, I don't want to hear any. Like I say, the repetition of Shimon Esrei. 
I said, I prayed my Shmon Esrei. I don't, I don't have to be yield to the Shmon Esrei. I don't have to know what he's saying. Is, is there anything, like, is it bad to, I guess it's bad to not answer Amen if you're obligated? Oh, you have to answer Amen. Yeah. These are, these are not, these are answering Amen. Mm-hmm. That's why it doesn't say Asur, Gutar, it doesn't mm-hmm. say. But uh, it's not a good way of answering Amen, that's what it's saying. Yeah. You have to answer Amen. You hear Bracha, you have to answer Amen. The question is, if you don't hear the bracha, can you answer amen? That's the question. Mm. You see everyone saying amen. So Shukran says, you can answer amen as long as you know someone said a bracha. As long as you don't want to be, you'll say the bracha. The Ramah says, even if you don't want to be, you'll say the bracha. If you don't know what bracha it is, you can't answer amen. Mm. And that's a bit in Russian. So what's the halacha? Machlok is Sephardim Ashkenazim. So Sephardim say, as long as you don't need to be, you'll say the bracha. If you see everyone say amen, you can say amen. I hear one. I can walk into the shul, I'm in the lobby, and I hear everyone saying amen. Yeah. I can say amen with them. Mm. I don't have to know what they're saying because I'm not being yotzev. I'm not being yotzev with the bracha. Mm. But the uh, Ramah says, no, even if you're not being yotzev, you can't say amen if you don't know what bracha it is. So I walk into the shul, I go into the Ashkenazim, you walk into the shul, and yes, you hear everyone saying amen, you can't say amen. Unless you know what they're saying. Amen on. Even if you don't want to be yotzev. Big, big debate, right? Big, has ramifications. Mm. Oh, it's often I'm in. It's, big, it's a big thing. We're going to see mm. terrible penalties. Well, spiritual penalties. Okay, so let's just recap. So the Ramah says some people are even more strict. That even if you are not obligated in the bracha, you still can't answer Amen if you don't know which bracha it is. That's Rashi. That's also called an orphan Amen. Now, now we come to another definition mm-hmm. of an amen. You shouldn't delay the amen after the bracha. You could answer amen straight after the bracha ends. Otherwise, that's also an often. Mm-hmm. Five seconds later, amen. It's too late. Right? You missed, the, you missed that bracha. Amen on what? It's true. Uh, what's true? Uh, there's nothing before it. You have so the shalom alaykum, right? Do you have the, the three-second? Like, yeah, Shalom Aleichem Rabbi. But three seconds is... Uh, it's less than three seconds, right? Shalom Aleichem Rabbi. The time it takes to say, Peace be to you, Rabbi. Peace be to you, Rabbi. In English, it's four words. In Hebrew, it's only three words. But some people add Mori. Rabbi uh, Mori. Shalom Aleichem Rabbi Mori. How long does that take? Two seconds. Mm-hmm. Since more than two seconds, it's already... It's not considered attached. It's detached. It's not considered attached. Okay, that's a, that's a def, next explanation. Look what he says over here now. Don't answer a very short amen. A little bit long. Why? Mm. The time it takes to say El Merach Neeman. You know, the halacha is, if you're by yourself, you have to make up 248 words in the Shema. Right? Everyone knows that? There's 248 words of the Shema. The truth is, it's not. There's three short. So what happens is, if you're by yourself without a minyan, you have to say El Menech Neeman before the Shema. Like, for example, before going to sleep. Mm. You don't have 248 words. How do you make up 248 words? Only 245 words. And the answer is, you say El Menech Neeman, Shema Yisrael. So the short form of El Menech Neeman is Amen. Aleph Mem Nun El Menech Neeman. That's what Amen stands for. One of the codes of Amen. 
It's made up by the repetition of Hashem Elokechem Emet. So if you're with the minyan, you hear Hashem Elokechem Emet. By the way, the Chazans have to have a mic to say that Hashem Elokechem Emet for everyone. Eventually, that's not working because Emet is of the next. Let's see, you know, like that. So how is that going to make it up to two forty? Three words. Well, but but it's part of the. It <coughs> doesn't matter. Uh, Still that part. We borrow it. We borrow it for the Shema. There's that whole Kabbalistic thing. Yeah, okay. So, that's the next thing. Don't answer Amen, a short Amen. Why? Because it's got to be long enough that potentially you can say El Merach Neman in that time. Don't lengthen the Amen too much. Because then people won't recognize the word. Amen. What did he say? It's going to be recognizable. So, not too long, not too short. The time takes El Merch Neman. Amen. It's not very long. El Merch Neman. So, if our Hazan is paid to do this, he can do this. But what? Hazan Rafi. To do what? Amen. It's not good. As long as it's recognizable. It's okay. But yeah, but it's okay. I'm right. It's once you can't recognize what he's saying, it's gone. It's wasted. Okay. And then the next halakha is from what we learned before. About, you go by the majority. But there's a few people who lengthen the amen, like we said before, remember? You can't break the, you can break the bread after the majority of people say amen. Why, why, why can't you wait for everyone? Because there are people who lengthen it too much. So he says, there are some people who answer, they lengthen it too much. The person makes the bracha, does not have to wait for them. The guys who are taking too long, he doesn't wait for them. Okay, very good. So that's a famous Gemara. This is a very famous Gemara. It's very important to know these halachot of men. But now we come to the punchline. Oh gosh, scary stuff. What is the penalty for not saying I'm in property? Well, it's terrible stuff. This is terrible stuff. It doesn't say it says worse. Let's see. Much worse. Meaning opportunity missed. And then the next thing is, let's see. A person should not throw a bracha from his mouth. How do you throw a bracha from your mouth? Any ideas? How do you throw a bracha? I mean, ignore it. You get it rid of it like fast. <laughs> Throwing it out of your mouth. Meaning quickly. So quickly. No intention. No intention. Of course, yeah. So number one is Rabbeinu Yonah says. Throw a bracha from your mouth means to answer the, say the end of the bracha with the chazan, which is a very interesting explanation. For example, he's saying the chazan is repeating the Shemona Esrei, and whenever he gets the end of the bracha, you say with him the end of the bracha. Bracha Hashem, again Avraham. That's a good thing? Or? Bad. Oh. Don't, don't do it. Don't throw the bracha from your mouth. Well, it's a strange language to, you know, to include this kind of explanation. Mm. Don't throw the bracha from your mouth. What does that mean? It means it's not, you didn't say the whole thing. You're, you're just shortening the bracha. You're just saying one line under the bracha. You're throwing the bracha at your mouth. So, Baruchenu, he says, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. He just says it with the chazan, the last line of every bracha. Mm. That's a bracha of Atala. Why? Because you already prayed, Rashi says. Hmm. That's the first explanation. The river says, Shiaseheke Bachatimah. In other words, the Ritva says, when you come to the end of a bracha, stress it. Not like the middle of the bracha. Right? 
Like for example, Shiatzar. What's the end of the bracha? So say quiet. Say slowly. Slow down at the end of the bracha. The last part of the bracha should be said slowly because that's like a seal of the bracha. Don't just spit it out, the last part of the bracha. That's the ritva. Second explanation. The third explanation. Don't say the bracha quickly. Why? It looks like it's a burden on you. So three explanations of this. Don't spit out the bracha. First explanation is don't say the last line with the chazan because you already said it. It's bracha batala. Second explanation is slow down when you get to the end of the bracha to seal it properly. Right? So end off the bracha on a slow note. And the third one is saying the whole bracha fast because you want to get rid of it as soon as possible. So you have to say, I want to go, I need to go now. A lot of people do that. They swallow the bracha with the food. <laughs> so instead of swallowing the food and, and saying the bracha loud, they, swallow the, they eat the slowly and they swallow the bracha loud. It depends how close it is to your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So three explanations of not to spit out a bracha. So when you when you when you say a bracha, taste the bracha. Say it with feeling, say it slowly with meaning. It's so hard to do, it's such a yitzara. It's a terrible yitzara. Number one is don't say the bracha. That's the yitzara. Next the yitzara is say but don't say it so slow. Say it fast, get rid of it quickly. Don't put your intentions in it, don't slow down. It's very hard. Person comes out of the bathroom and they want to go down the steps. Don't wait. Say a bracha. Stop. Say the bracha properly and then move. Don't run around. Say a bracha. Person should, should try their best. If they, if they have to go to the bathroom, we say you go to the bathroom. When you come out, you know, say the bracha after. Don't don't run around while you're saying the bracha. Stop. Even though you got to catch a train. Say yitzara. Terrible yitzara. I'm in a rush. So say the bracha and then be in a rush. Right. That bracha is your protector. Don't forget, the bracha is your protector. It's creating angels. So you want to create good angels, not, not uh, weak angels. You want to create an angel not on life support. You want to, somebody, the bracha will create angels on life support. Imagine the angels in a bed in a hospital somewhere high in heaven. <laughs> but uh, I want to create a solid, strong angel. Because that, I mean, is your protector and that bracha is your protector. So now we come to the penalties. Ben Azai. This is Ben Azai. Ben Azai was one of the students of Rabbi Akiva. He was also a rabbi. He was son-in-law for a short time. He was a very, very holy man. He yeah, says, "You want to marry, right?" Yeah. yeah. Whoever answers an orphan, amen. His children will be orphans. Terrible. Chatufa. A person who answers a snatched, amen. His life will be snatched. He will die before his right time. Chatufa. A pick plucked, amen. His life will be plucked. Terrible, terrible, terrible. A person who lengthens the Amen will have a long life. So it's very important to have a secret of long life is a long Amen, not long enough that it ruins the word. You find the balance. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's how I say Amen. 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 Please put off them. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.